And welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have Kelsey in the West Coast studio. How you doing, Kels? Hey, I'm doing great over here. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. When we um we have a very, very illustrious guest this episode. Uh, he's kind of been uh, chomping at the bit to be on the show. Uh, I'm not sure why, but uh, <laughs> we were finally able to uh, match schedules and we got him into the uh, studio today. Our uh, CEO, Larry Metter. How are you doing, Larry? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for finally inviting me. You know, it's a, it, was a, it was a very long guest list. I, I, I hear it's easier to get on Kemmel than it is to get on the episode. Oh, man. Um, well, we brought you on this episode to kind of uh, it's an extension of a, a blog that we recently published um, that kind of briefly touched on the timeline as to when you, you kind of started your own agency, which is you know, now evoke advertising. Um, so I kind of really wanted to pick your brain, starting with some of your previous experience and a lot of your the credentials that feel allowed you to kind of like step into the the agency world on your own so let's just start there like where where were you and like what were you kind of doing before you you started on this journey with evoke well um let's see so right before starting on the journey with evoke i was fired huh. um mm-hmm. so uh, but we like to say laid off right yeah what happened was i worked for a consumer electronics company as a national brand promotions manager. Right. And uh, the, co- the company really went out of business. Uh, they had three divisions of the company. One lost more money than the other two could make. Mm-hmm. And so yada, yada, yada. October the 30th, 2002, I was laid off. Right. Uh, in about <laughs> the third round of layoffs. The company is now completely bankrupt. And um, November the 1st, uh, we met to with my partner then to start evoke okay and and what was kind of like the original idea of evoke did you want to kind of be a niche agency did you know you always know you're going to be full service oh wow so let's see so (laughs) i think it's important to kind of understand a little bit more of my background and the fact that you know i was on client side right for three or four years and i enjoyed it i enjoyed it but um in between naps uh, because it's somewhat, I'm sorry for those on the client side listening. Uh, it can be, it was somewhat boring for me. And uh, before that, uh, so I was kind of already kind of looking about what's next. For okay. Me. But prior to that, I mean, I worked for, you know, Adara, Guchenauer, uh, uh, offshoot of BBDO. Mm-hmm. I worked on some pretty large brands. So I was agency side, then client side, then now with Evoke agency side. Um, no, when we got laid off, and a lot of us did, and some of them actually work here at Evoke, mm-hmm. so it's good, right? You know, the crew. The um, the uh, when I started here or decided to start Evoke, I really didn't think it was going to work. Um, it's a real, really weird kind of thing. It's way too many details, but the point is, is that I got wages in lieu from getting a layoff, right? And I got unemployment. And so for six months, I was making more money not Not work work than I was making to work. And so I said, well, this is a really great opportunity uh, to kind of see what's next, you know, for me. And I would encourage anyone really to do that. If you ever get a chance to take a breather, take a step back, Mm -hmm. see what's next for you. 
And uh, I decided to take a risk. And I started Evoke uh, with Scott Despinett, mm-hmm. a really good friend of mine still to this day. No longer a partner here, but he has a wonderful agency that he has a little design agency that does some interactive and some other things. But a really good friend. And uh, we started with the name of the agency was Evoke Advertising and Design. Okay. And we did that because um, Scott was a designer by trade. Right. And uh, so when we first started out, uh, I remember we were torn between three names. (laughs) It was going to be either Evoke. And these are all names that Scott picked. Right. Uh, Evoke um, 24-7, 365. (laughs) uh, Or Shout Communications. Okay. And I just let him pick. And the reason I let him pick is because I truthfully did not think we were going to make it. Wow. I thought, I'm going to give it my very best. Mm -hmm. And I was going to be the account service side and new business side. Right. And Scott was going to do all the creative. And we'll just kind of see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And a couple months in, we 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 had some small project work. But within three months, we had our first retainer client. Within six months, we had our third retainer client, mm-hmm. and we reinvested basically all the money we made the first year. And uh, my salary for the first year was eighteen thousand dollars. It's fantastic. The rest of the <laughs> money was reinvested into Evoke, right? And um, and we went off from there. Huh. I mean, that's yeah. that's 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 super interesting. Now, when it came to getting those first few clients, was that just out of sheer? just force of will or did you already have connections in place did like past employers help you kind of introduce make introductions yeah yeah i mean i think that you know we had worked in this marketplace for a while and we were really strong in consumer electronics the mm-hmm. client we the, the the company we both worked for was in the consumer electronics space right and one of them um some of the group in the layoffs they started an offshoot and uh, we landed them like as our third client okay so we, we knew them okay um, they were going out to the consumer electronics show. Mm. And I remember Scott and I sat there and we said, you know, our background's CE, consumer electronics. Should we go out to the show? Right. And we took the last bit of our own money um, and credit cards and we paid for our flights, our hotels, and we walked the CES show hmm. looking for clients. Mm. And uh, I remember we made these business cards that looked like credit cards. Right. And the phone number, the, the credit card number was actually our phone number. Okay. And then on the back of the credit card, it said like, made you look, and, you know, <laughs> for, for advertising that'll turn your head, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we dropped about a thousand of these plastic looking credit cards all over Las Vegas. Right. Yeah. And we got a lot of calls huh. and we started to build our business through really, you know, experiential marketing. Wow. Yeah. So that's definitely like the, the, the opposite reaction of like those those pamphlets that they put in people's windshields that they made to look like $20 <laughs> bills. Yes. And then you walk up to it and it's like, oh, do you want to hear the word of God today? I'm like, yes. oh, no, <laughs> I could have done with $20 more. Yeah, the word of advertising. <laughs> the word the of word advertising. Yeah. So the, the, the kind of the, the point of this episode is to really kind of talk about what it takes to not only create uh, an ideal agency, but what, what you need to kind of 
maintain that, maintain that standard. So in the, the blog that we published not too long ago, one of the first lessons you talked about was surrounding yourself with great people. And I know we had like a, a small, you know, bullet point list of, of, of certain tactics, but I wanted to kind of get you to expound on that. Like, what exactly do you mean by, you know, what does it, what does it mean to surround yourself with good people, both personally and professionally? Um, well, I think that, you know, it's not just mine. I think that any great leader would probably say that. So I don't even know if I'm a great leader. I just try to get better every day. Um, the thing is, is you cannot be afraid to hire people that are smarter than you. Right. You have to realize, like they say, be the dumbest person in the room, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I really think that's true is, uh, every time we had the opportunity or had the need to grow at evoke we always looked for like the very best person right and you know the fact if they were only just as good as me that's a pretty low bar <laughs> <laughs> um you know i i think that you know we looked for specialists mm -hmm. our very first hire was nicole foresta and i love her dearly she's wonderful she's super super smart She's a great production art. She's a great uh, production manager, and she's also a highly trained creative artist. Mm -hmm. She's super smart. Um, we did not hire her. Uh, this is working in fear. We did not hire her until we saved up her salary for a year and had it banked. Wow. Okay. Because I didn't want to hire somebody and then have to let them go. Right. Because we didn't have enough clients, and this right. was in our first year of our business, and so maybe that's why I only made eighteen thousand the first year. But uh, so we saved up her salary and we hired her and she instantly brought, she was like a, uh, like a catalyst in the agency. She brought in new energy. It was mm -hmm. just Scott and I. Mm -hmm. And then she came in and then I think you know, maybe Cheryl Parker, who's still here with us, the head of class services was fourth. And then, right. you know, we just kept adding people and everyone, everybody was really, really, really good at their job. Right. And all of them can do their jobs and still today much better than I can. And so I just think that you, you can't hire in fear. Mm -hmm. You can't say, well, I'm, I'm going to, you know, be a micromanager. I'm going to, you know, I, I mean, we work together right. every day. Right. And I bet you, and we're not even direct reports, right? So we right. work through intermediaries. We, we have different managers. Exactly. But the thing is, is that I bet you, I come to you what, 10 times a week with questions about mm -hmm. social media? Yeah, you right. do. Because <laughs> I do. don't know. I don't know. Probably I, about eight times more than I would like. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're super smart. Right, right, and right. And I am not. <laughs> and so that's why if I hired everyone that knew less than me, we'd never be able to serve our clients. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can see that. Um, so kind of moving into the second lesson, and I think this is probably the most important one, um, is the idea of investing in the team's continuing education. Um, and I know since I've been here for what, two and a half, uh, about two and a half-ish years now, there have been a lot of opportunities for people across all departments to kind of just like expand their knowledge base and, and, and you know, have it be kind of catered by the agency. Like where, where did that kind of, because I've never seen that in any other agency I've worked with. Oh, yeah. So where did that kind of like stem from? Well, uh, I think it's like, you know, it's like a, you buy a shiny new car, right? Mm -hmm. And it's awesome until you drive it off the lot and then it depreciates. So we hire a new employee. They're great. But, you know, next week, the week after, the week after, someone might know more than them. And if they're not continuing to hone their skills, mm -hmm. 
you know, they're going to fall. We're they're going to fall behind. And right. We're going to fall behind the competitive set. So we have to keep all the tools, uh, you know, in our box sharp. And I think we we first started this. We had. I don't know, maybe six or seven employees. Oh, okay. And uh, we set aside dollars every year right. for the for the team members. And now there's a, a an allocation, a budget. I'm not sure what it is, a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, per year per employee for continuing it. Right. And we're pretty liberal with it, the for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have someone that wanted to do a uh, a digital media class that was free. Mm-hmm. But it was in Dublin. And so <laughs> they wanted to use their funds just to fly to Dublin for stay there for a week. Right. That didn't really pass muster. But <laughs> but we're really pretty liberal with it. And I think if you use those funds to get better at your job mm-hmm. or to even enhance your creative ability, right. I'm all for it. Okay. If if I had a team member come to me and say, I wanted to take a painting class, approved. If you want to take a cooking class approved, you know, anything really to stimulate the creative portion of your brain. Right. Great. If you want to go take an actual class in Photoshop or go to a social media trade show or some kind of seminar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course you can. So we're really pretty liberal with where it goes. And we are constantly sending reminders to encourage the team. You know, please go, please go. Um, the thing that uh, is, is I think, how you use it. Right. What we do have on the back end is if you go to, to a webinar, go to a, a conference or a trade show or something like that, we ask you to come back and within, I think, three or four weeks, whatever mm-hmm. it is, to do a food for thought right here and pass on your knowledge that you have onto the team. Because we really only want you to go by yourself mm-hmm. we want you to be bold we want you to be brave we don't want you to go with three or four other evokers and and go have you know mix and mingle and have drinks well we can do that here right we want you to go we out do on that your own. we do that here yes we do. <laughs> i was stuck in the elevator the other day and they all hit the beer buddy um <laughs> but um you know, we want you to go be brave and go do it on your own mm-hmm. and then we want you to have no distractions go do it on your own then come back and then you to teach us what you've learned. Exactly. It's a shared experience. Right. And, you know, as an example, Kelsey, we did a whole episode on uh, yeah. your trip to the uh, Disrupt Conference. Yeah, I just got to I just got to live this lesson. And Larry throwing in the p- part of going by yourself and being bold was totally what like that's exactly what happened. You know, I was I the only person I knew there was myself and a lot of the other people there did have their buddies around them. And I think you know, having the opportunity to go out and to be bold by yourself gets you into situations that if you were in a comfort zone, you otherwise wouldn't go to. You wouldn't walk up to a random group of strangers and start talking to them, asking them questions, picking their brain. Um, and, you know, I had some of my best conversations with people at the conference by just going up um, by myself, being as bold as I can be, um, you know, and engaging that way. So I, I just got to live this lesson. And Brian, I know that you've also given a lunch and learn in the past too. So I think that this is, um, you know, really cool. And a lot of people at the conference, uh, when I told them that I was here, were really like eye wide, like, wow, that's so cool that your, your agency and the company that you work for, uh, allows you to go and do this. And so, um, it is really neat to hear Larry talk about this, but 
I think Brian asked the question, but I don't know if I got if we got the answer, Larry. What was the original? Like, was there a moment where someone gave you this opportunity that, like, when you were working to go out and to learn something new to bring back and teach the rest of the people? Or was it just something that you said, hey, this would be an incredible thing to be able to do for my employees. I want to be able for them to go out and continue their own education in whatever way creates the most, you know, stimulates the most creativity for them. Like, what what was the spark of wanting that to be a thing for Evoke? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the things that influence us are the things that influence us positively, mm-hmm. but I think even more so the things that influence us negatively. Hmm. Um, and uh, not to get too deep here, but uh, <laughs> I was a self-supporting college student. So, you know, I waited tables at night. I bartended at night. I could only take, you know, nine credit hours, 12 credit hours. It took me six years to get through college right. because I was, you know, kind of behind and, um, you know, I was self-supporting and there was no one really to help me pay for my education. Mm-hmm. And so I, within my employers, you know, I had friends that went to work for other large companies and they had, you know, tuition reimbursement programs and all these other things like that. Right. And my employer had nothing and had no continuing ed and no training, mm-hmm. and nothing like that. And so I said, well, when I'm going to start one, as if I ever start a company, I, I want to provide that. And because mm-hmm. I didn't get it. And um, so it was really key. When we hire a team member, you know, we take in consideration their salary, but we also take in consideration their, you know, their vacation time, their their insurance and everything else and their bonuses and everything else. But we take into consideration that we're going to have to reinvest in them. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, if you want to take a class at Evo, you want say your local community college your state college you want to take a class if it's during working hours we'll let you off Hmm. to go take that class if you want to take it after hours you know great you're reinvesting but um you know i think that everyone's got really an obligation to get better and better at their job and but i think it's a shared responsibility between you and your your employer because uh it's a competitive work environment out there right now right and, you know, you always get, you know, the stigma of the young professionals these days job hopping. <laughs> and, you know, maybe they're job hopping because they're not getting what they want from employers. So maybe if employers listen to them a little bit more mm-hmm. and said, look, it's it's more than just providing you bean bags and a beer fridge. Right. <laughs> You'd like to actually. We don't even have bean bags. We need those. We need some bean bags. We have a pool table. We do have a pool table. It's, it, but uh, we have a beer fridge. But. Um, <laughs> But I think it's uh, I think it's also, you know, continuing at, you know, creating opportunities for them to grow with the organization. Uh, They can gain more responsibility. Um, You know, they can have their voice heard. Uh, All those things are the things that really make for an engaged, um, you know, team member and improve overall agency culture. Right. And I think that's the perfect segue into the third lesson that you mentioned. And that's just the idea of being able to nurture a culture within the workplace as opposed to trying to build one. Now, I know that culture and Kelsey, we've we've talked about different aspects of work culture over tons of of episodes over time. But I kind of just wanted to get your perspective, Larry, on just what 
what it means to, to have work culture, because it seems like there are so many different perspectives and different different definitions of what culture means. So right. what does it mean to you and evoke? Uh, well, I think that uh, you cannot snap your finger and build culture overnight. Right. I think you can snap your finger and commit to building a culture mm-hmm. or nurture, nurturing a culture mm-hmm. overnight, but it just doesn't happen right, right away. I think that, uh, you know, when we started looking at, you know, employee retention, um, you know, things like that, uh, we wanted, you know, just really to be a, a, not a good place to work. Um, culture is really kind of at the top of the list. And culture is not just, as we say, you know, not beanbags and, and beer coolers. It, it's so much more. And you have to listen to your team. Um, you know, you have to pay attention to what's really important to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recently we had an opportunity to work with a client and this particular client, uh, we had a team member, uh, at least one team member who said, I don't really want to work with this client. Mm-hmm. And so we went back into uh, e-committee and uh which is like we would call it leadership team or whatever Mm -hmm. and we said should we take this client um does this uh go against our i don't call it moral compass but our company compass right um by taking this client is it going to upset this team member by us doing it because at the end of the day um our company's compass is really all of our team members compass combined. Right. And so I think that you can't to create good culture, you have to listen uh, and you have to create, uh, you know, we've got the pig here. Mm. Right. So here at Evoke, we've got the pig and it's, uh, it's, it's literally a little a piggy, piggy bank, bank. Yeah. Like a black little piggy bank and it sits in the conference room. And it stands for providing ideas for greatness. Right. And people can drop little notes in there anonymously. And we listen. I mean, hopefully we have open doors. I mean, here at Evoke, every door has a window in mm-hmm. it. And it's supposed to symbolize an open door policy here. But um, we allow an avenue for people to give us you know, feedback anonymously. And we take those into heavy consideration. Right. I mean, someone gave us today. We looked at three today. Someone said we should get slack. As a <laughs> as a communication yeah. versus, uh, I guess Google Chat or whatever. Yeah, Slack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should get Slack. We should get standing desks for everyone. See, that's what they said. Wow. And I said, well, I'll pay for the part where they sit down. They pay for the part where they stand. <laughs> um, but then they also said there was another one. But we take all those into consideration, and we're listening, mm-hmm. and we run it up the flagpole here, and we communicate a lot here, and say what is really important. Um, you know, we did, we were fortunate that, uh, we were recently named, uh, best place to work mm-hmm. in central Florida, which is really good. And that's voted on, uh, by surveys from our team members and every, everything in which a team member pointed out room for improvement. Uh, I bet E committee discussed it for an hour. Okay. And it was like, how can we do this better? How can we tweak this? How can we change this? And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just think that um, you know, culture is not not created overnight. It's uh, that's why I say you really don't build corporate 
culture. Mm-hmm. You, you nurture it. Right. And it kind of just kind of grows organically. Mm-hmm. And you just try to make sure that, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're grooming, grooming it along. And, For sure. As you're going. For sure. And yeah, I think that's the one, that's one of the things that I like most about this agency is the, 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 the idea that although you might voice a concern about something and it might not always be, you know, change, it might not always be addressed. That the fact that you, that, that someone's listening is more than what most agencies I can, at least from my experience, more than what most agencies, agencies can say. Uh, I hope so. I mean, we are open door and it sounds like I don't want this to be, you know, this is our podcast, which Brian, thank you. You started. Oh yeah. No problem. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's not just a commercial free vote, but I I just think that, you know, we try to bring you know, insightful, provocative look at the average. (laughs) I love Brian's voice is more like, watch out, Brian. um, (laughs) I know, right. (laughs) But I think that, you know, that's, that's, we try to do that. And I think that, uh, we do try to listen and, we do try to, you know, nobody, anyone can say anything they want here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you don't want to work with this client, you say. And if you got a problem about an industry, say it. Mm-hmm. If you think we should go after such and such client, do it. If you think we should change software, let us know. Right. I mean, the thing that I hate, and I'm like, hate's maybe a strong word, but the thing that, that my peeve is when someone says, I did the best that I could with the information I had. Hmm. You know what? We're in the communications business. I mean, right. there's information everywhere. And your coworkers go get more information and share that communication. We talked this morning in our Monday morning motivational Mondays. <laughs> is, that, is that what we're calling them now? Well, it's better than production meeting. <laughs> uh, that you know, we want more interpersonal communication. Right. I mean, you can assign tasks. You can send emails. You can do crib notes or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. But nothing beats just walking over to your coworker's desk and saying, Hey, what do you think? And listening, be, right. be ready to listen and ready to hear, mm-hmm. um, not just wait for your opportunity to speak. Right. And I think that's, and I'm sure some of, some of my coworkers hate me when I do this, but if sometimes I'll get it sent an email that I know can be better kind of fleshed out if discussed in person. So I'll, I'll read the email and then I will get up and I will walk to their desk or their office and kind of go over the details of whatever that email was talking about so i mean but i think that goes back and speaks to the idea of the culture here is like you have you have that that level of comfort to where you can get up and and go to this department and go to that department and talk to someone face to face to get you know the best answer possible they really hate me then because they (laughs) they send me an email and i don't get up i just respond back with come see me yeah (laughs) that's definitely that's yeah (laughs) you know they can come to me i have more chairs in my office yeah that's we we can sit around that's your signature just come see me me. Uh, all right let's get up and go so we've talked about some of the lessons when it comes to to you know creating the ideal agency so you've worked in the you've just anybody you've worked in the industry you've done your due diligence you're thinking about your next steps and the, the first thing that comes to mind is is starting your your own agency why why would someone want to start their own agency oh that's really simple that's a really <laughs> easy answer for that okay um you realize that uh that you will say you found your passion right so what the way it works it's really simple i'm sure if i get this right so you really like doing something, mm-hmm. whatever that thing is. It could be selling snow cones. It could be, you know, uh, polishing cars, detailing cars. It could be making ads, whatever it is. Right. You really like it, and you like it so much 
that it doesn't even seem like work. Hmm. And you do it in your spare time. Right. I mean, you read. Uh, I, you know, you delve into it. Um, I did a speaking engagement at my alma mater. And I had 300 first year advertising students stand up in the room. And uh, I said, okay, everyone who reads Ad Age, sit down. Everyone who's in the ad club, sit down. Mm-hmm. Everyone who re- listens to an advertising you know, podcast or reads a blog or I went through like 12 things, all sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Right. And I got to like, I was couldn't think of anything else. And it was still a few people standing. And I said, okay, you guys can leave <laughs> because why are you here? Right. You obviously don't love your industry, right? So you have to first love what you do. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is because you love what you do and because you're spending all your spare time doing it, practice makes perfect. And you're going to get really, really good at your craft. You're going right. to own your You're going to get better and better and better. And you're going to realize that some of the people that you're working with, with your employer, don't love their job as much as you. Mm. And they don't practice as much as you. They don't hone their craft. They don't care as much as you. Right. And you realize that you're surrounded by idiots (laughs) because you're really smart now. And you realize, oh, my gosh, these people are really bringing me down. Mm -hmm. And you say, I really wish, you know, they would replace Ted or Tim or Amy because they're bringing our team down Mm -hmm. and they won't because that employer is not as engaged with their team as you would be if you were the employer. Right. So eventually you say. If I had my own place, I could make these decisions. Mm -hmm. I have a vision. I have a dream that I could put forward that I can't get working here. Right. And so you plot out a course and you take a deep breath and you dive in. And, um, you know, I was fortunate. Evoke was my very first company. Mm -hmm. And it's been around 16 years. And 15 of the 16 years we've been profitable. And we offer now employee profit share Mm -hmm. and everything. It's just been great. Um, But, um, and that's what I love about the young professionals. And I'm going to refuse to say the M word. (laughs) Uh, I love about young professionals. They're daring risk takers. Mm -hmm. They know that if they try something and they fail, they'll try something again tomorrow and then try something the next day. And that's that passion and that exuberance you got to bring to work every single day. Right. And what I think has really made us here successful. So I don't know. Don't ever, don't ever start a business. that's a taco stand. If, if you're a vegetarian, right? I mean, find something <laughs> you really, really like and then go for it. Right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up this episode. Um, Larry, I'm, I'm very happy that you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to come talk to us peons here on uh, the provoke <laughs> and Kelsey as always thank you for uh, for, for coming in and, and, and talking to us as well um, as always if you have any questions comments or concerns be sure to send them to provoke that's P-R-O-V-O-K at evokead.com and follow us on all of our uh, social media accounts uh, to kind of keep up with our contributions to the advertising world um, and as far as today's quotes concern it's from the late great Dave Thomas uh, the uh, the founder of Wendy's And he said, what do you need to start a business? Three simple things. Know your product better than anyone. Know your customer. And have a burning desire to succeed. And with that said, y'all take care. Mm